to me a long time ago now, but in the end became the subtitle of a book that I wrote. So David and I grew up in the Midwest. We moved to Arizona, which was a significant change. And while my husband often says I was so brave, I had no idea what I was getting in for, not really. We were moving, that sounded good. We're gonna have a new way of life and we're gonna buy a new home and the first home we bought had a pool in it. To Midwesterners, that was ga 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 ga, you know? Didn't realize that you almost need a pool to live in this hot place. Also didn't recognize, having lived in the Midwest all my life, that I don't perspire. I know, you'd think you would have figured that out. But the moisture in the air living in the Midwest was enough to keep my body temperature regulated. I moved to Arizona and that didn't work. At 5.30 in the morning I passed out on the tennis court and discovered that I don't perspire. So moving to Arizona was quite a challenge and living in the desert was quite a challenge. And we put something very common in homes on the floor, sautillo tile. Now, what makes it common is it's very southwestern, it's not super expensive, and it will last forever, okay? But what I didn't realize until this day, when I walked into my home and took off my shoes and my bare feet hit the cool sautillo tile, and I, I will never forget it, I, I stood there and then I bent over, like, like bent over on my knees and put my hands on the tile. And suddenly I had this image that home was holy ground. Now, you know the story out of Exodus. It's not a surprising story. I'm going to read you a few verses out of it. He looks and he sees a bush. Moses, he's keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro in Midian. And he leads the flock around in the wilderness, and they come to Horeb. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of a fire out of a bush. Now you have to admit, those are pretty striking words. And a lot of things have been said about this. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight, and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Now, I don't mean to compare in any way my small experience with walking into my cool tiled floor 
and putting my feet on that tile and putting my hands on that tile and seeing the coolness, it's absolutely the opposite of what the experience Moses has. And yet, it was very real to me because it was as hot as that burning bush in the city of Phoenix. It was. Uh, if there was ever a place that can be hot, and you may hear our temperatures from time to time, 123, 115, or we had 60 days over 110 a couple of years ago. And there is a vast difference between 85 and 110. And even if it's a dry heat, it's still hot. But there was that moment in my own soul that I recognized that my home Aside from the exterior, and we all have air conditioning, I mean, I would truly say that the majority of people who live in this region um, have air conditioning, whether it's a window unit or uh, um, in-ground unit or in-every-room unit, thermostatted, but we have some means because people die of this heat. So the question might be why we live here, but that's not the topic for today. <laughs> home is holy ground. Because what happens in your home is unlike what happens anywhere else in the world. So today I want to start a little mini-series out of this book, which I wrote, uh, called Finding Your Purpose as a Mom, Building Your Home, or How to Build Your Home on Holy Ground. So let's just start with the fact that the beauty of the home is order, the blessing of a home is contentment, the glory of a home is hospitality, and the crown of a home is godliness. Now, what did I mean and what did I feel that moment when I walked into the coolness of the tile and then put my hands on the tile? It was very, very tangible. It was not something that you thought about. It wasn't, how do I make the floor in my house when I come in from the heat to be cool? I never gave that a thought. We put in Sautillo Tile because we left the Midwest and we were Southwesterners. And we wanted to look and be, and we found it nice to come in from the pool onto that tile. So it, it had a lot of other reasons to making it cool. But in that moment, what the Lord said to me is, is my home a place of holy ground? Is it like Moses experiencing a light that would not be extinguished and talking to an angel? I can tell you the people who have lived in our home, not only my husband and our only child, but our grandchildren and our nieces and nephews, and we've always, almost always had someone living with us, they can tell you that if this holy ground experience is to be compared to our house, uh, we don't fit. We're loud and we're noisy, and I can be very unpleasant, especially if I have too much to do. Do you ever feel that way? And then do you recognize the fact that you have too much to do because you said yes too many times? Leah, maybe we should talk about that. We should talk about why we say yes and why we say no. Would you make a note? Let's talk about that next time we're together. So we often get a noisy household, not because we plan to have a noisy household, but because we said yes to so many things that the pace of our household is something different than we, what we hoped for. The glory of the home is hospitality, and the crown of the home is godliness. It's still always about people. 
a home is still always about people. Yes, beautifying it is lovely. Having it cool is terrific. Having good meals, healthy meals, these are important issues. But it's still always about the people who live in your house, the people who visit your house. My husband and I had the privilege of having some people in our home spontaneously, last minute. We were going to a conference and it was here in our city and the key people of the organization happened to be friends and we had this one hour and a half break and we were going to go out for a supper. Oh my gosh, eating a restaurant in Phoenix when everything is going on. Uh, in our town. They're getting ready for the Super Bowl. They have the Barrett-Jackson car show. The golf tournament is coming. All the winter people who come to be here when it's cold in their town, they were all in town. And so last minute, we got some Chick-fil-A salads and ran to the house and sat at our little wood kitchen table. And it was so simple. It was so simple. Just a little quick plate and a bowl and we ate out of the plastic containers and I will talk about being prepared someday soon had little round balls of cookie dough in the freezer by the time I took them out and defrosted them and put them in the oven we had them for dessert homemade cookies with a chick-fil-a salad because I have learned the things I want to help you learn and be a part of that you might make your home holy gown, ground and open. When we got back to the conference, the woman came over and said, there isn't a place in the world that could have been better. I don't care what restaurant it was or what kind of food they served. And I was touched by that. And, and so I've been thinking about that comment and thinking about this book and thinking about the fact that I want to challenge you in this beginning of the year of 2023 and remind you that your home is all about people. As a leader in ministry, our work is always about people, always about people. And doing the best things and the right things is very important to the life we live, the rightness of our life and doing the best we can, doing your best and leaving the rest. So what does it take to build a home that is on holy ground? A culture in a culture that gives you opportunity to, to still build your home on holy ground. So let me say a few things about what home is not. Uh, do you remember the film Sleepless in Seattle? Uh, there's a line in that film that everybody just loves. He says, when I took her hand, I knew I was home. Now, if my daughter here, she might say, gag me with a fork. But I'm not going that far. I'm just saying that that is certainly a part of home. Because it's very about two people who, in fact, did create a home together. And a child was already into that home <clears throat> because Tom Hanks had lost his wife. But home is not a place where you become a thermometer. Home is a thermostat. I've used this illustration for many years. A thermometer registers. You, you put the thermometer into the room. Is it hot? Is it angry? Is it mad? Is it out of control? Or is it a thermostat? And you go to it and you set the tone. It's peaceful. 
Home is not an office. I know we're working from home much more. It's become a tech center for sure. Young women continue to tell me about all the ways they are protecting their home from too much tech. Now, one family told us that they have a bench in their master bedroom. It must be a fairly sizable room, but they have a bench. They have six children. And all of the phones and computers are set on that bench at the end of the night, like they have an arbitrary night, time-wise. I think it's 9 o'clock. I could be wrong. So everybody gets it there, and everybody gets it in the morning. And she said they decided to do this because they wanted to control, regulate somewhat of the techie time. But it has turned to be just a blast. Like, they all come in, but I just have one more thing, and everybody will say, to well, you don't get one more thing if I don't get one more thing. And then there's laughter and merriment, and the mom and dad are always there to receive the equipment. And then in the morning, some of them try to sneak in. They don't get up really early, the parents, and but then you can't get the equipment until they're up. But someone has tried to sneak in more than once to get their stuff. So I, I love that. That's real life. And they set the thermometer because they want to protect and provide, and then they've taken the opportunity to make it a joyful time. Home is also not a hotel. Do not expect maid service in your home. Uh, do not let your children expect maid service in your home. What do you mean I have to bring my sheets to the laundry room? That's what I mean. It's not a hotel. It's also not a museum. Um, I love beautiful things. I do. I confess, I would love to live in a house that's just beautifully appointed with everything. Well, you know, it's a little easier now that there's just David and me. But even with that, they, we bring in the dirt from the yard, the, gran the granite from the front of the house, the grass has just been mowed. We, we, we bring in stuff. People come. They leave their dishes. We, we, it's not a museum, although I'd really like it to be more beautiful than it is. It's also not a restaurant. You are not a short-order cook. You are not a wait waitress. These are the meals, and these are being served. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat. But we're not running to the kitchen. I think if there's one thing I could say about family life that will change the course of your family is that you not be a short-order cook. Now, some of you are raising your hands and saying, my daughter has this or my husband has that. Well, that's fine. Then what they need is a separate uh, a portion. But the rest of the family can eat the same things. And you should not be a short-order cook. And you should not be a waitress. I can still remember um, someone saying to me when our girl was just two, she can't reach the sink, so you should buy a couple of plastic plates. And we did. We bought her plastic dishware because she could get it to the dish and dump it. She could get it, her little arm up enough to dump it. If she were putting glass in there, it would break. So don't be a short order cook. Don't be a waitress. Uh, we talk about a lot of things in the ministry, ways to help you get your family engaged, chore jobs and chore charts. We may talk about some of that this spring, but don't be a short order cook. Be a full-time cook, set the food out and let it go. The same with the laundry. Uh, teach your children how to sort the laundry. How old is old enough? When your children know colors, it's old enough. 
If they know yellow from blue, they can sort the laundry. They don't have to wash the laundry. You need to run the machines yourself. But if they can sort color, then they can sort laundry and get them engaged. The one thing I remember about that, especially when there were four children in our home and my husband's sister, they didn't do it the right way. And that meant we were going to lose something, and I knew it. And I knew I don't like that. I want it to be done the right way. I don't want to lose a white shirt because someone put a pink thing in there. But that's the way we learn. So let them do it. Sort over it if you have to, especially the little ones. But let them learn how to take care of their own laundry. How to fold it and put it away. If they want to hide it under the bed, that's fine because at the monthly check, we'll find it. We're not talking about that today. Don't let your home be an arcade, an entertainment center. And I think this is particularly hard for you. I think of my daughter being 13 years old, and for spring break week, we invested in $250 or $300 for a DVD player. And that was our break. That was our holiday. And DVD films were just coming out, and we watched one or two films a day, that was our, our holiday. Now, on every equipment, you can watch 10 movies at one time, and then you don't have to worry about screening them. And all of that's a subset. I think we should have a technician come in, a person who does this full time, and help us to understand it. You moms who's homeschool at home, good for you, bless you. May it be a joyful time, may it be a place of learning and learning about one another, but don't let your home turn into a schoolroom. Don't let the dining room table be a place that can be nothing but school room. And if that means that every Friday night we clean it up and enjoy the table by having people into our holy ground home, do it. Don't let a giant closet become the place to stump, dump stuff. Just don't let it happen. Home is a place of individuals. And holy ground is separated, peculiar, sanctified. It receives grace and holiness. It comes back to you because the holy ground is also like the holy dirt they bring in and they are about the real people whom you love and have committed your life to take care of. Home is a very important part of our lives. A very dear friend of mine, she's been a friend of mine for over 40 years, her mother and father lived in Seattle, Washington, where she was born and grew up. And her father had this brilliant dream and hope, and he wanted to have a house that you could see the Seattle, well, I can't say the river of it, what it's called, the water. Beautiful view. And so they bought a lot. Uh, they couldn't afford the lot, but just could afford the lot. So they bought the lot and they built a two-car garage, and the mom and pop were gonna live in the garage until they could build the house. Puget Sound, that's what it looked at. The mom and pop never built the house. They never could afford to build the house. And my friend and her sister were raised in a two-car garage. Can you picture that? You see that? At first it was a two-car garage that had a living room and a kitchen and a bedroom, and then it had a living room and a kitchen and two bedrooms. And that's what it had. Four rooms, they grew up there. I, I, I think of that space when I think of who my friend became and how that place that Mrs. Schrader set aside, there was a table 
and that became the place they decorated for seasons. Just one little table. And my friend Mary would say, my mother would put leaves out, something orange and something gold, and then we would talk about fall. It doesn't have to be a big place. It doesn't have to have wreaths on every door. It has to be a place where home is holy ground. Home is a meeting place. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't forget that the bedroom is a place set apart. Don't allow the children to have freedom to burst into your bedroom. They learn to have a respect for the parents' bedroom in the same way that you will have respect for their room. Well, there are many things that I want to add to this, and I'm going to. We're going to be talking about the subject the next few weeks. I hope you'll join us. We'll talk about individual rooms. We'll talk about education and hospitality. We'll talk about the laboratory that you live in and the research that's being done. But remember, home is holy ground. It is the place where the fire is built. It is a place where we are not consumed with anything but God and one another. And it's the place where we learn to build homes of our own, not only in our hearts with God, but with other people and homes that one day our families will live in together. So Leah, closing thought after what you just heard, one thought. Yes, it's the thought of, it's, it's just a good reminder for what our home is and our home isn't. I think we sometimes can idolize our home or neglect our home. We fall into different categories sometimes, sometimes in the same day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just a good reminder, and thank you for that. That's great. Idolize or neglect. I think those are two good words we should add to it. Bless you. Thanks for being with us. We look forward to seeing you and hearing you um, from now on. And for those of you who are joining us, um, there are a lot of things on our website. I always say it sings and dances. Go and look at it. And we'll begin to talk a little bit more about those resources that we make available. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of making your home Holy ground.